Every team, every topic, everywhere. This is Believe. Greetings, salutations, and hello to all of my listeners, my unlucky lounge rats. Good to have you joining us back here in historic Monoscrew Manor for another edition of Draft and Draft. We're talking Friday Night Podcast Edition. My name is Corey, your limited lore master, denizen of the Unlucky Lounge, and joining me as always is the 2-2. That's always there for you on turn number two. His name is Borok. I've got four letters for you. C-U-B-E-M-T-G-A. The difference between the previous cube and this one? Well, I'm not quite sure. I'm fairly confident it's a little bit lower on the power level and a little bit higher on the synergy, but we're gonna find out as we jump back into cube on arena. But before we do, a few bits of housekeeping and upkeeping. As always, this podcast is brought to you by the Believe Podcast Network. Check them out, BLEAV.com or wherever you download your audio goodness. Keep your midday blues away with Believe. And as always, the show is here because of all of you, my unlucky lounge rats. Thank you for tuning in. And if you want some more in the unlucky lounge verse, Find us on those socials, on Twitter, Draft and Draft Corey. Same on YouTube and on Twitch as well. On Instagram, Corey Damone Enriquez. And if this show is giving you some joy, consider joining our Patreon. Patreon.com backslash Draft and Draft. Keep the lights on. Well, that's enough of the housekeeping and the upkeeping. The Sorcerer's Broom is put back into the Conjurer's Closet, and that means it's time for us to dig back into Cube, talk some call time, but before we have this draft fire fully, let's go ahead and have a celebration of all of you. Grab a drink, grab a snack, maybe crack a pack. This is a tradition we have here known as the untapped step. Ah, Borak, did you put a little cinnamon in that hedron latte, sir, you're getting. Appreciate you, and I appreciate all of you out there listening as well. Let's have ourselves a good draft, and let's talk about what we're looking to get into with Tinker's Cube. The last time this was up, a couple very strong archetypes really seemed to become very much something that we would want to do. Uh, very streamlined archetype decks, things like counters, tokens, enchantments in green-white seems to be quite the strong thing. And definitely coming up with a plan and playing to it. We're in best of one as well, so it's important for us to get off to a good and rambunctious start. And let's see if we can do that here with pick one, pack one. The cards that really stand out to me, the mythic is Nico Bulls the Ravager, the 4-4 flyer for one blue, black, and red. Uh, when it ETBs, each opponent discards a card, and then you can transform it into a Planeswalker for seven mana. It's a nice card, but it definitely puts us into three colors quite efficiently. I don't know if I really want to go to that. Anointed Procession is another really strong one in that it creates twice the number of tokens that come under your control. That seems like a good one. 
Heartless Act seems to be the card that's really standing out to me. It's spot removal, destroy target creature with no counters on it, or remove up to three counters from target creature. I kind of want to just lean into that. Besides that, there is also a Voracious Hydra. The 0-1 for X green green, it ETBs with X counters, then you either double counters or fight a creature you don't control. I definitely want to start off with some interaction here on the ladder, and I'm kind of leaning towards Heartless Act. It's just a really good removal card, and let's see if we can make black work. Going into pick two, our top end, we have a Johnny Adversary of Tyrants. Two white white for a Planeswalker with four loyalty, a Johnny. You put two creatures on up to two target creatures, or return target creature with a CMC to or less the graveyard, and then some crazy random... Or I got lazy, I don't know. There's a lot of text on that. Uh, there's also Resplendent Angel, the 3-3 flyer for one white white. If you gain five or more life the turn, you get to make an angel, and then you can pump it, give it lifelink, and it becomes a 5-5 flyer with lifelink. Seems like a pretty cool card. In black, there is Farika Spawn. Card is a darling in Theros. If we're thinking just like removal and control, you know, I would probably just go with the flyer. It's got a lot of big upside, but it's got a lot of white pips. It's quite dedicating into our mana base. You know what? Let's just go and stay disciplined. Let's go with a second pick, Farika Spawn, and keep that black train rolling. Pick three, Vito is uh, at the top of the pack there. The one three that whenever you gain life, opponent loses that much life. Funny that Vito showed up after we saw that Resplendent Angel, but say la vie, what will be, will be. There's also the Godzilla next to the Unbreakable Bond. So the 11-11 cycling card that gives a creature you control a trample counter, and then it's an 11-11, but then you also have the Unbreakable Bond that brings it back. The Ikoria 1-2 punch, pretty cute. I don't know if Reanimator is something that we can really do. Maybe we can try and force it a little bit. We do have some incentive to potentially self-mill or take advantage of reoccurring some graveyard things. I'm not quite sure what I want to do with this. There's also a Wildwood Scourge, which seems kind of nice, and a Mantle of the Wolf. There's also Castle... <laughs> yeah, it does kind of look like a Star Destroyer, Castle Lockdwain, fair shout, Borok, fair shout. You know what? I think I'm going to just stick with the land. Let's see if we can just keep on the black and maybe find a signal to continue to put us somewhere. You know, when it comes to signals, Dreadhorde Butcher's kind of cute. The Haste 1-1 for red and black. Whenever it deals combat damage to a player, you put a counter on the Dreadhorde Butcher. And then when it dies, it deals damage equal to its power to any target. That does seem kind of nice. There's also a Carrion Grub. That seems really good with either the Unbreakable Wand or maybe the Godzilla that we could potentially table. There's also a Warbriar Blessing. This is the Enchantment Aura from Theros Beyond Death. Enchanted creature gets 0-2. And then when it enters the battlefield, it fights up to one target creature you don't control. An Aura for one and a green. That is a nice little thing there. And I'm definitely in the market for some more controlling elements with the way that we want to control and make this deck. It's kind of boiling down to either Dreadhood Butcher or the Warbriar's Blessing. You know, let's go with the Blessing. Let's see. I know that green enchantments is feeling pretty strong. And let's see if we can... In pick five, you know, if we're going to go into the green-black, we do have Acolyte of Affliction in this pack. The 2-3 two, for two 
black green when etbs you mill two cards and then you may return a permanent card from your graveyard to your hand it's kind of doing a little bit of everything what we want our deck to do so let's happily take that on the four drop slot see if we can find some more creatures in the early that would be nice we see a rada in pick six alongside an armorcraft judge and a roar of the worm roar is really cute with acolyte if we can somehow put that in the graveyard efficiently that's kind of nice as a plan Besides that, this pack is really not much of anything. There is a Thassa Deep Dwelling, which is nice with the Acolyte of Affliction. Maybe we can try to do some color stuff. Uh, I'm not quite sure where I should go with this pick. Not knowing exactly where this deck is wanting to go right now. I'd like to stay on the Black Green Train if I can. That being true, let's pick up this... You know what? Let's take, let's take a little chance here. Let's pick up the Thassa. Maybe we can find some more ETB effects and... Get some Well, yeah, pick seven, Borak, I think, is going to go to consistency. Ujin's Conjurant. This is a darling of a card. It costs X, ETBs with X counters, and then if damage be dealt to it, while it has counters on it, you prevent the damage and then remove that many counters from Ujin's Conjurant. Just plays really nicely into almost anything. And, you know, I think let's just go with the Ujin's Conjurant. I'd rather just have some more creatures I can fit onto the curve. Pick eight. There is a Life Crafter's Bestiary here. I wonder, you know, this card was kind of slow in the previous cube, but here it might be okay. Let's go with the Life Crafter's Bestiary. So, uh, while we're waiting for our next pick to queue up here, Kaldheim, rocking and rolling, doing some stuff, enjoying the Fortel. What's, what's interesting about the mechanics in Kaldheim is Boast and foretell and snow they reach across all the colors alongside say the changeling mechanic and the presence of some random tribal things here and there i'm really kind of overwhelmed by some of the spoilers that are happening in call time i think this is a set that's going to play out quite a bit differently than how we feel the set is just going to be in regards to the surface level. I feel like it's going to play out a lot different than just how it looks. So I'm interested to see how it goes, but I'm excited for Fortel. I think it's quite a cool mechanic. Uh, Vicious Offering is going to be our table here. We found it uh, in the first pick, but we did not take it over the Heartless Act, but hey, it's another little good piece of removal. It's going to be nice to combat some of the bigger stuff that the format can show to us. And we're going to follow that up with a Titanic Brawl. Nice little uh, fight spell. And hey, the Unbreakable Bond tabled. Interesting. Maybe we can find some graveyard stuff potentially. We do have a uh, Accolade of Affliction. We are kind of incentivized uh, to potentially get some graveyard stuff. So we'll take that. Might not actually play it, but who knows. And now we're going to go to garbage time here. We've got a lot of good removal. We're starting off in green-black solid removal stuff here in our best of one deck. Branching Evolution tabled. Interesting. Maybe we can make some counter stuff work with this Ujin's Conjuring, possibly, question mark. And an Armorcraft Judge tabled out of that uh, kind of pack as well. We also have this Thassa that is probably not going to end up being played, but I would like to find a card to help us define our strategy and make the deck really hum. Going to pick one pack two, Woodland Cemetery, a nice little black-green land to help our mana out a little bit, does seem quite appealing. There's also Reclamation Sage and Thrashing Brontodon in this pack. I kind of want to table one of those cards and just lean into this dual land as our pick one of pack two. Uh, so, yeah, I think that's probably it. Besides that, there's like a Plague Rasulka, but I'm not too excited about that. I think I'd rather just go with the Woodland Cemetery and continue...
Pick two. Pack two. The top end is going to define what we're going to take out of this pack. There's either a Gaunti Lord of Luxury, the 2-3 Death Touch for two black black. When it ETBs, you look at the top four cards of an opponent's library. You exile one, and then you can cast that for the rest of your game using any kind of mana to cast it. And then there's also a Carnifax Demon. The 6-6 six, six for four black black, a flyer, enters the battlefield with two minus one minus one counters on it, and then you can remove a counter to put minus one minus one counter on each other creature. Man, what a pickle here. I kind of want to go with the Gaunti. I think this deck is going a little bit more in the control side of things. Although, Carnifax Demon really does recover a game nicely. And we have a lot of good control things already. I'm going to go with the Carnifax Demon for now. I think because we have so much good early removal, I want a card like Carnifax Demon to really help us recover in a longer game type of sense. If we could pick up, say a fine finality that would be pretty nice too pick three sir conrad the grim there's also a dawn treader elk a nice little removal a nice little two two that can also ramp i like that card there's also a sifter worm too interesting choices interesting choices let's take here and now oh there's also a panharmonicon i'm really i'm really uh you gotta be decisive. I'm gonna go with the Elk. I want a few more extra early drop creatures right now. We've got a lot of good removal in the early, but I just think we need a few more creatures to help us out. Pick four, Agadim's Awakening is the land MDFC that's in this pack that looks kind of cool. There's also a Castle Garenbrig can help us power up some creatures. There's also a Foulmire Knight. I almost just want to take this Foulmire Knight, the 1-1 one -one Death Touch for one black with the Profane Insight two and a black instant adventure side that you draw a card and lose a life i think i'm in for some extra early board presence pick five pack two not too much for us unfortunately there's a yarok the desecrated which seems kind of cute with some of the things we have going on maybe we can pick up a extra color or two there is the water grave which is the color in itself that can help us out with that let's uh Let's go with the Yarok. Nah. There's a Stab Wound here. Nice little bit of removal. And also, it's an aura that at the beginning of the upkeep, the Enchanted Creature's controller loses two life. I think I'm more down for a card like this because I just... I do want some more ways to interact with our opponent's creatures. So, let's take the Stab Wound. Uh, pick seven... Wow. Well, now the black-green creatures are kind of coming out to play. There's a Nighthawk Scavenger and a Grackmaw. Two Zendikar Rising Rares in this pack here. And there's also a Blood Artist and an Untamed Kavu. We're going to table none of these cards. What a shame all these are showing up right now at the end of the seeable packs in pack two. I think I'm down for a Nighthawk Scavenger, though. Flying Death Touch Lifelink. Really good card to recover us in late. And we also have a couple fight things, and I think the fight things work well with the Death Toucher. Pick eight. Let's go with a Temple of Milady. Nice little black-green Scryland action there. Help make the colors better. Besides that, there's a Reassembling Sky. Pick nine in this pack. We see... Oh, there's a Temple of Malice. Nice little temple action, maybe. Potentially... Trying to find some more color stuff to work with us as we go into pick 10. Lord of Extinction. That's a big old creature. It's a star star with power equal 
Uh, power and toughness equal to the number of cards in all graveyard. But a, what a cute little card that we're not going to play. Call time, additional stuff. I really like the two color activation lands. Take, for example, Not Vold Slumber Mound. It's a land that enters the battlefield tapped, adds red. Then you can pay three red, green, green, and you sacrifice the Not Vold Slumber Mound. Destroy target land, and you make a 4-4 green troll warrior token with trample. I really like these lands. They're just really cute and fulfill a nice little function in the deck that can do some cool stuff. Uh, I'm excited for how some of the two-color things might work, but there's so much going on with that in Snow. Uh, pick 11 in our draft here. This uh, Golgari deck is going to put a Crawl Harpooner onto our stack. Actually kind of happy about that Crawl Harpooner. Nice little pickup. And we find a Castle Garenbrig. Maybe, well, yeah, we'll just, I think, run that and get some maybe potential ramping going on with our deck. Call time is going to be a nice breath of fresh air. I'm definitely ready to move on from Zendikar Rising. I've been on a bit of a cold uh, streak with Zendikar Rising. Not going to lie to you, my unlucky lounge rats. So it will be nice. Ooh, we pick up a late Dinrova Horror. Interesting if we can make that happen. Hey, the Grackmod tabled. This is a good sign for us. I think we can reliably do some solid green-black stuff. Good payoffs at the top end. We don't even have to play this Yark the Desecrated. And let's go into uh, pick one of pack three with some intention. Uh, let's see what we have here. There's a uh, Brokos at the top end. It's the 6-6. Six, six. You can cast it as a mutate card uh, from your graveyard. Nice little thing, but I don't think we really want to play that. We have a Cultivate here. You know what? Maybe. There is a Woe Strider. I do like Woe Strider. Nice way to use our graveyard equity. But there is that Cultivate. I I feel more inclined to just take a Cultivate, get some more mana, top end what we have going on here, and have a little bit more consistency in this Golgari deck. Pick two, pack three. We see Order of Midnight. There is a Gary. Gray Merchant is in this pack. I do like a Gary. We have a decent amount of black symbols between Nighthawk Scavenger, Stab Wound can kind of just stay on there. Maybe that's just a good way for us to win the game. There's also an Order of Midnight and a Jadelight Ranger. Jadelight does just seem Let's just take a Jade Light Ranger. I'm really waffling lately. <laughs> You're right, Borak. Confidence is key. Hopefully this confidence thing can help us out here as we go into pick three. Timorat, the Chosen from Death is here. A nice little enchantment demigod creature that... Eh, it's, it's good, not great in our deck. There is also an Agonizing Remorse. There is a Breeding Pool. Let's take the Breeding Pool. Maybe we can try and make some of the Soltai stuff work for us. We've got a Yarok. We've got a Thassa. Maybe we can make something happen. Whoa, we find a Drowned Catacomb too. We're starting to see some top ends. We're starting to see some, some good plays. Maybe we can make the Thassa and the Yarok work for us. We've got two colors. Can we continue to make this work? I don't know. Thorn Lieutenant, a nice 2-3. That's a good creature that can fight well. When it becomes target of a spell or ability, you make a 1-1. One, one, and spell or ability in opponent controls, and then it can pump for 6. Nice little thing there to fit into our, our deck. We have a Collected Company here as well. Don't really think we're... We're starting to get a few number of creatures. Not that many, unfortunately. I'd rather just take a nice little Curve Filler and Thorn Lieutenant as a 2-3 to keep this deck trying to do what it's trying to do best. There is, in pick six, a Swarm Shambler. Nice little zero-zero that can grow. There's also a Voracious Typhon. 
Not much besides that to speak of. Let's take a voracious Typhon, just filling out uh, some more on the top end with the creatures. Uh, a little Blade Juggler action here in pick 7. I guess we'll pick that up. We probably won't end up playing that, if I'm going to be honest with myself. Uh, pick 8, we see two different cycling lands for us. Baron Moor and Tranquil Thicket, both of which are a green and black source that cycle for a green or black source independently. We'll take one of those. I think I'm just happy taking a Baron Moor here. Make our lands work a little bit better. Draw a card when we don't need the land and maybe get a little extra... Hey, the Brokos tabled. We might actually be able to cast a Brokos, potentially. Nice little thing to bring back, too, with a Unbreakable Bond. And whoa! Grey Merchant did table out of this pack. Nice. Nice little card to potentially get some endgame equity, some draining equity. We're not really high on the Black Symbols. Well, we say that, and then we just tabled the Time Rat Chosen from Death. We are tabling everything this deck is potentially offering. And alongside the Thassa and the Brokos and the Yarok. Maybe we can get some ETB equity out of this deck. Interesting. Interesting little turn of events for this deck here. This is definitely going to be one of those more complex builds as we round out this pack three. Boy, this deck is a little bit everywhere, but we're going to hopefully soul tie our way to some victory. We've got some Good ways of splashing. We've got some solid top end, but how will this deck play out? Well, the only way to find out is to tune in after we take a quick break here. Stick around, all my unlucky lounge rats, as we put together this stack of 40 and see how the Tinker's Cube does for us on this first day here in the Unlucky Lounge. We'll see you real soon. Welcome back, all of my unlucky lounge rats. I hope you refueled, refreshed, and good to have you returning as we put together this deck that was refusing to come together easily. Let's be honest. <laughs> Especially in pack one, where there just wasn't the best of signals. We started consistently with Heartless Act, War Briar's Blessing, taking a Farika spawn, staying in a single black lane. Even the Carnifex Demon was part of that equation. Then eventually we started to see some green table around, a Dawn Treader Elk, a Crawl Harpooner, Jade Light Ranger, really nice stuff that started to give this deck some inspiration. As we continued onward, the green continued to fill out, and when I put this deck together, I kind of thought that this deck feels like it is going to be the best when we can get to the end game. I think it is strong in removal in the early with having Heartless Act, Vicious Offering, a well-placed War Briar's Blessing, Stab Wound, and even a death-touching Foulmire Knight that I have enough to get us to the endgame. And once we get to the endgame, we have cards like Lifecrafter's Bestiary and our Blue Splash to put us over the edge. I think we have enough to make Thassa, Yarek, and even that Errant Dinrova Horror that came at the end of Pack 2. I think all of this can work. We've got a Drowned Catacomb. We have a Breeding Pool. We've got the Cultivate and the Dawn Treader Elk, so putting an island in the deck is kind of a very easy sell when we already have solid coloring in our deck. This also gives us the ability to play the Grey Merchant of Asphodel. Blinking that with Thassa, double trigger off of Yarok, that's a real cool way to win a game. 
It does make me kind of sad that we didn't take the Gonti over the Carnifex Demon, but there is a universe where we can Carnifex Demon and Thassa and continue to put a lot of counters on our opponent's small stuff and win the game off of that. But I think if we had the Gonti instead, curving that into Gary alongside a Thassa play would be very, very nice. That final determination of deciding to go with the blue basically rounded out the rest of the 40 in this deck and is going to give us enough of inspiration to make this deck feel like it, it can do something cool. With that in mind, let's dive right in and see how our first day on the Tinker's Cube before Call Time releases does for us. Alright, let's see if this Sultai semi-junkie deck can do some work here on the podcast we are going to be on the draw we open with a hand of forest swamp and drowned catacomb time Rat, nighthawk scavenger carnifex demon and crawl harpooner makes for a pretty decent curve here i'm pretty happy to keep on a hand like this that nighthawk scavenger is actually going to be doing a little bit of work on the power level i think and time Rat's going to come down as a two four uh on turn three at least our opponent goes Mountain, Mountain, Runaway, Steamkin. And it's definitely a, a way to start running away with the game, if I may be so bold to say. We did just draw a Dawn Treader Elk, and I think I'm still more inclined to go with the Time Rat as a 2-2. Next turn, we get to play the Nighthawk Scavenger, which can be uh, a 1-3, and then also make our Time Rat a 2-4. Some decent defensive plays here from our deck. They go with Precision Bolt. Which is going to put a counter on the Runaway Schemekin and make our Heartless Act a little bit worse. But we still get to run out a Nighthawk Scavenger in some efficiency. And if they can't answer this, then we get to start gaining some life uh, with our Flying Death Punch creature. Oh, Nighthawk Scavenger. Memories of good old Vampire Nighthawk. I don't think I've ever had a chance to actually play this card in Zendikar Rising. And they are going to skewer the critics. Unfortunate for us good for them they now have a 3-3 runaway steamkin our hand consists of crawl harpooner heartless act dawn Trader elk and thorn lieutenant as now they get to put another counter on their runaway steamkin with their rimrock knight oh boy we are in some trouble they are mono redding real well and they're going to follow up by recasting the rimrock knight by removing the counters with that runaway steamkin if we can draw a land here and then be able to double spell, we'll be fine. We do not, unfortunately. And that's going to be some real hard beats for us to try and get around. They have had quite a nice curve. And sadly, we are just a little bit behind as it stands. If we can somehow still end up trading one of our creatures here for what they have going on, we might be able to recover something. Oh, man, they have... They have really just mono-red aggroed us out here. They went Fanatical Firebrand, Dream Stalker, Manticore. It's going to force us to block with our 3-2 on their 3-1. They still have a 4-4 swinging, a 1-1, and a 4-2, and we are bricking on lands. This is the way that mono-red wins, folks. They just mono-red it up, and they do it real good, too. They're going to empty off their Runaway Steamkin to still play a Burning Fist Manticore. Jeez. And, well... Sadly, this is not looking good for the home team. We're going to run out a Thorn Lieutenant, but the fact that we just haven't drawn any lands has been a real bummer for this deck. We can run out an Ugin's Conjuring for one still to potentially make a blocker if we can still find a way out of this game. I mean, they've got four creatures. We're at eight. We've got two. 
Seems unlikely that we can pull this one out, but we'll keep up the good fight and see if that good fight can lead us a, a sliver of hope as they now run out a Steam Court Weird off the top. Man, they've just kind of been hitting real nicely with all of their, their draw steps on top of everything else. We're at three. I don't think there's a way for us to get out here. We can play a Dawn Trader Elk and still cast a Heartless Act, so that's not nothing. But it still seems like it's all over but the crying, because they still have a Burning Fist Minotaur that can still activate with whatever they draw. And it's probably going to lead us to lose this game quite efficiently and quite quickly, if I may be so bold. Yeah, looking at this even a little bit further, they have the discard off of the draw step for the Burning Fist Minotaur. Even if we double spell, we can't get out of being dead range, so... This one is going to end up in the L column for us. Well, friends, it looks like the losing streak continues, but this deck seems like a lot of fun, and hopefully we will be able to put together some more reasonable draws with it. But how is it going to do? To find out, find us on Twitter, Draft and Draft Corey, same on YouTube and Twitch as well. Corey Damone Enriquez, if you're an Instagram person, or if this show is giving you some joy, find us on Patreon. Patreon.com backslash draft and draft. Thank you to all of my patrons who keep making this show possible on a weekly basis. I couldn't do it without your support. Well, friends, it looks like I found the bottom of my drink, and so we've reached the end of another episode. My name is Corey, joined alongside Borok. <laughs> And this has been Draft and Draft Friday Night Podcast. Now go out there and make some magical memories of your own. Thank you for listening to Believe. You can show support to your host by subscribing to the show and giving us a five-star rating on your preferred platform. Check us out at Believe.com and search for B-L-E-A-V on YouTube.